Hello there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm on a uh, new microphone this week. Can you tell? Ooh. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair Sounds enough. Similar. Fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah, I had a cord instability problem on my other one, and I have used to have the same one that you have. And so I got the, the Shure MV7. It's a newly released um, kind of podcast optimized mic, and I think it's a little bit cheaper than the other Shure mic that's like $500 or something. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so far so good, I think. Yeah, I'd like to hear some like side-by-side clips because it's hard for me to sort of analyze it in isolation. Mm-hmm. It sounds maybe mm-hmm. a tiny bit less bassier than your old mic, but I, mm. I don't know. Oh no, I can't lose my bass. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a more natural uh, frequency response now. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Cool. So now you're you've upgraded your setup a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. I have a shout out to Geek Desk this week. Ooh, okay. So I bought the desk that I have now. I have a standing desk from Geek Desk. I think I got it in 2012. I had one from around that era as well. Yeah. When I moved, they took it apart and then put it back together. And somehow in the process, I lost some pieces. And so like the top is not quite attached to the legs as it's supposed to be. And so I emailed their support. And I was like, hi, uh, this is about an order from like eight years ago. Any chance you have any of these more of these bolts sitting around? <laughs> and I sent them a photo of it. And they were like, oh, yeah, we found some. Like, we'll just send them to you and just ship me out some some new bolts. So like props to them for for helping out. And they're like, no charge. We're just going to send you some parts. Thanks for being a customer for a long time. And by the way, it's cool that your uh, version two Geek Desk uh, still works. We're psyched about that. Yeah, nice. When I moved um, into my current place, it's we downsized quite a bit, so I finally had to let it go. But that that Geek Desk frame, I think I had the V two also. It moved around with me uh, many different places, and uh, it was quite a workhorse. Mm-hmm. I remember being kind of surprised at how expensive it was at the time, but it has held up quite well. So kudos to them. All right, and kudos for yeah, good customer service. That's awesome nothing like it it's the best mm-hmm. yep so we're uh uh planning a tuple retreat in a couple weeks nice nice yeah the founders founders vision quest i guess is sort of the, the style i'm excited to eventually do like our tuple retreat for real where it's like people that work at tuple go in our retreat right not, not just, just the three of us yeah yeah because yeah. it's it's increasingly not just us working on this so like it's we're missing voices so well, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a founders version, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. What's on the agenda? Is it kind of planning for the new year, or um, yeah, I think that's going to be. Yeah, how's everybody doing? What do we want to do next quarter? It's a little early for the end of the quarter, next quarter planning, but not not too much. I think we're not going to have that much productive time in December anyway, due to holidays and whatnot. So, end of November is kind of close to the end of the year, practically in terms of what we'll ship. I think, uh, but yeah, talking about the future and hopes and dreams and. How's everybody feel, and how do you really feel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those meaty conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's like the big things of like, when do we tackle like this big idea? Like, when does Linux maybe happen? When does multiway happen? That kind of thing. And we those almost always get taught, discussed at these kind of things. Do you think you'll end up discussing things like what do we want out of the business? Like, uh, how often do you revisit the question of like, do we want to? Do we want to raise funding? Do we want to try to grow this really fast? Do we do we want to get super rich off of this? Or are we cool with more of lifestyle? Like, what do we want? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I feel like we talk about that stuff like semi-regularly, informally. Um, like, well, someone will make a joke about it and they're like, well, do we want to think about this? And like, I was like, eh, nah. And the funding thing still doesn't doesn't seem that good. I, I, I keep seeing this like idea of like, 
you can either like bootstrap and go slow and have this lifestyle business or you can raise a lot of money and go really fast and part of me is kind of like yeah i think money is one ingredient to fast but it's not the only one like you can't just pour money on the problem and make it go quicker and always you have to have a use for the money right which i think a lot of people assume that like venture capital just like makes things grow fast but it actually has to be deployed strategically and smartly (laughs) you have to know what to do with it otherwise it just you can end up just wasting a lot of money right yeah i mean you can turn a lot of money into spending but can you turn it into (laughs) revenue right Uh, yeah profit ideally Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah i don't know i think we're pretty happy with our growth rate and how things are going and uh, the amount of rich that we will probably get Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, on our current trajectory so uh, i'd be surprised if any big changes happen there yeah I think the biggest thing for me would be if it felt like we couldn't hire people we really wanted to. Like if we were like, we're, we're hamstrung, like we've, we figured out a bunch of things, but we can't make the team we want in order to do the things we want to do. But it feels to me like we can. It's like, there's enough, there's enough margin and we have, we're not like drowning. And so it's like, oh yeah, we could, we could, I think we can hire fairly slowly and build a really great team and do the, do the things we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like my ideal, obviously, but I've gotten a taste even just from working a couple of weeks with with Corey now on marketing stuff, like just a little a little taste of what it's like to have another brain thinking through problems. And like we can, you know, check in with each other every couple of days and I can hear what he's thought about and I can share kind of my updates on what I've thought about. And uh, man, it's it's really nice. So I can just I bet I can. Yeah. If you've been solo on this from the beginning like this, I must be so nice to have someone to bounce stuff off of. Yeah. Yeah. And even just like, I don't know, there's. So going to my update a little bit, but like Corey did a thing. He has a runs a community called Swipe Files, and he did a thing where he posted. Uh, we posted this Thursday on this Think Tank Thursday little thing that they do. Corey wrote this whole this whole kind of breakdown of the stuff that we want to think through, and then and then solicited thoughts from the community there. And then he's been kind of digesting that and thinking through like how should we change the marketing side and some of the marketing collateral to better align with with what makes sense to people. And like, that's just a whole body of work that I have kind of been doing sort of ad hoc spending, you know, a little bit of mental energy on here and there, but just to have someone who's like actually focusing on that. Oh man. So good. That's cool. Yeah. It almost doesn't matter what he's focusing on. If you just having another person to talk to about it, it was probably will be, would be energizing. Uh, but it's, it's also great that he's taking kind of like a big burden off of your plate. Yep. Yep. Something that is quite, quite a context switch from, you know, building right. product totally. features. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. It's so different and also required and would probably eat at you as you're like writing code. You're like, oh, I really should be also marketing and getting people, getting the word out and all that. Yeah. 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 Um, how is business, by the way? Uh, business is good. So I have, I have a little celebratory moment here. Ooh. I, I joined the one comma club. Hey, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you're, you're over a thousand MRR? Over a thousand MRR. Yep. Yeah. Growth has, growth has been good. I kind of, I think I have a goal set of like at least 50% revenue growth per month and in profit. Well, it just kind of gives you a, gives you a little graph progress graph as you go along and I'm exceeding, I'm exceeding the, the trajectory line on that. So that's, that's good. To nice. See. Yeah. Well, if we take that out of like two or three years, you're doing pretty well right yeah <laughs> I, I, I remember the days of 50 percent monthly growth <laughs> yeah yeah at a certain point i'll have to flip that to something more linear probably if i want to be yeah. realistic you know yes i think so compounding uh, 50%. definitely at a certain point some, <laughs> yeah. some point there will be a point where you will decide right yep. yeah 
That's cool though. Congrats. That, that's that's wonderful. Thanks. Yeah. Did Static Kit or Level get to this milestone? Nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Third time is more the charm, apparently. Right. Yes. I mean, the last app, I mean, aside from Drip, obviously, which is on its own trajectory, like Code Tree that I built, you know, back in, what was that, 2016 or something like that? No, no, it was earlier than that. It like topped out at around five grand a month, I think, in MRR. So, so that's the next one to, to beat that. And then I will have exceeded all of my independent. <laughs> solo SaaS endeavors so a new personal record perhaps yes exactly it feels like you've got some momentum Seems like you're shipping stuff and people are signing up and there's there's life in this yeah it's feeling that way i mean definitely my personal marketing strategy which is just making making as much noise as i can on twitter and trying to you know trying to work in public and show off what i'm building and and generate excitement in that way is still still working well for me like that's that's the primary source i think yeah so people are coming from your audience then your customers are are from your twitter following mostly yeah or like audience adjacent you know i think a lot of i'm seeing a lot of people coming through signing up now that are not like people that i've ever had a conversation with or you know interacted with on twitter so i think that they're they're people who follow people that follow me or a couple layers removed like that which is nice to see nice to see it kind of scale out a little bit because i know that there's a good chance this usually tops out like this, this form of like kind of personal marketing, leveraging personal brand. Like it almost always tops out. You have to find other things, generally speaking, that that will be kind of marketing flywheels. So that's why I'm I'm really anxious to get those rolling, like whether it's SEO or content or whatever. But for now, I'm, I'm very happy with, you know, continuing to squeeze as much out of this as I can. Why do you feel like this is more successful than the other things? That's a tough question, but. Any, any <laughs> it definitely has much better alignment with my network and my audience. So I think that is that's a good amount of kindling right now. I think that you know it, it resonates. It's something that a lot of people uh, need who are in my sphere and who have been following along with the journey. So I think that's that's been the thing that's that's kindling this, and it just kind of grows when. Whether it's it's like an element of virality, I guess. I mean, I don't think a lot of people have come through the the overlay my calendar viral loop thing just yet. Like that hasn't really taken off. But just people using it, talking about it, recommending it to others. Um, I think this has just been enough enough of a starter to get that kind of ball rolling. Do you look back on anything and think like, oh, I could have gotten here faster if I hadn't spent time on X or Y or something? Mm. Like previous products or... No, or no, no. On, on, on Savvy Cal in particular. On Savvy Cal in particular. It's pretty fast, um, right? How long did this take? So I started this like at the beginning of the pandemic is basically when I when I broke ground. On, when you broke ground on the code. On okay. the code. Yeah. I mean, launch was uh, about two months ago. Okay. So like six months of coding and then two months of actually being in the available? Yeah, roughly. Yep. I mean, two months to one KMRR is, uh, seems pretty fast to me. Yeah. I feel I feel happy with the with the pace like i think i probably could have launched maybe like a month earlier in reality because post launch is really when learning has accelerated it's just as soon as i did it i had a good sense of like okay these are the these are the top things that i need to build and it would have been nice to have that information a little bit sooner and i probably could have gotten the ball rolling on on revenue a little sooner i don't feel too bad about it like because i still had a lot of foundational work to do before before launching mvp so Mm. Are you seeing a decent amount of people adding teammates on the under the team plan? Yeah, that is still I, I think like about 
mm, two thirds of my growth is coming from new users and one third from from adding team members. And the demand for actual team functionality is is continuing to grow. So like this week, I'm working on embedding because that's a that's a highly demanded feature being able to like put a scheduling link onto your website. I was like debating either doing that this week or building kind of basic team scheduling links. Collective scheduling links is the first first one I'm going to build where you have multiple people from your team who need to be on a meeting. So you need to kind of combine their availability together. So I think that's next week, to be honest. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's good. There's nothing like shipping the things that people have been asking you for for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're working on some of that now, but I was talking to someone the other day and it's like the the things that people have been asking us for a while that we keep saying no to are all really hard now. Because like, the because the easy ones that we got asked for a lot, we've shipped a while ago. And now it's like, okay, the rest are things that we should, we, we want to do, we're pretty sure, and people want, and but like they're all hard now. It's all the, the challenging stuff we've put, kicked down the road for a while. So it's like, okay, might be time to put on the, the power pants and mm-hmm. uh, go after it. This continues to happen with me where the longer a project goes, the more mentally difficult it is to think about taking it on. Because I know that time is money, so it's it's opportunity cost. The more time I spend on one feature, the you know I'm not making progress on other fronts. And lots of people have lots of demands all the time. So I know that like if I'm you know if I'm focusing all my energy on this one thing for multiple weeks, then it better be worth it. And so it feels high stakes and it feels riskier. So I'm definitely trying to stay as iterative as possible. Like this this embedding feature, there's a lot of things that I can add to it. A lot of customization and and you know different. APIs for tweaking the behavior of how it works, but I'm forcing myself to ship this with almost almost no features beyond like hooking into a a link, you know, an A tag you have on your page, and you just tag it with like embed, and it will instead of opening the link in a different tab, it'll open it in your site. So like very basic functionality. I want to ship it with that first, and then people will obviously have a lot of requests following up on that. But better to get it out the door. Totally. I don't think I've ever gotten bad response from that. Like, all right, here's the tiny piece of the feature we shipped today. We want to do more. Give us your feedback. I find like people are not disappointed that you didn't give them the whole thing already. They're psyched to see progress instead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. It's excited. It feels like you, you got momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still riding on a high from that. So I'm feeling good. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. I have a Twitter, a mini Twitter hack. Yeah. What's that? The other day, someone asked me a question. I was like, oh, that's a good question. And so I tweeted the question. And the question was, um, what's the hardest part about making good software? And just asked that question of the world and my audience. And it's got 138 responses and 20 retweets and 100 likes. And it's been seen like 50,000 times. And I kind of didn't do anything. I just asked a question. And then people respond to it. And then I think because it's getting a lot of engagement, Twitter shows it to more people. And then after enough responses are there, people start retweeting the thread as an interesting thread of what does it take to make good software. And so you probably need to do have a decent amount of audience to get this ball rolling. But it does kind of seem a little bit like a, a little bit of a way of cheating of having a popular tweet because other people are doing the work for you. They're making the interesting content. Right. Yeah. Being a good conversation starter or, or knowing how to like pose a question really well. Which I think it's a lot of times it just takes a little bit of like a few minutes maybe of extra thought of like wordsmithing. That's important on Twitter, I think, you know, to just kind of you, you dial it in just right where 
you know, if you hadn't done that, maybe it would have gone nowhere if, if it was just kind of not, not worded quite right. Yeah. And then like when I see interesting responses to a question like that, I can retweet them if I want. And so it's like the value that someone else has created that I can then share with my audience. It's, it's a fun little thing. I think it would get tiring if I did it too often, but I, I saw seeing it work again uh, yesterday. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot this is kind of a thing. I know you talked about last week that um, you're thinking about spending more deliberate time on marketing and kind of through through your Twitter channels and stuff. So have you have you put more thought into that? Like, is that have you been deliberate about that in the last week, or is that still just something that you kind of still pretty casual? Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's more marketing in my future. There's a little bit of like team building stuff I'm working on right now, but then I'm I'm hoping to spend more time on it later. So I'm still just doing my kind of my normal background baseline marketing of this podcast and random tweets and hot takes and things like that 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 for miraculously seem to just work yeah which is i feel very lucky sometimes i'm like am i playing on twitter or am i working i'm not even sure it's kind of in between (laughs) does it even matter i don't know (laughs) yeah enough people seem to be hearing about us through twitter that and like generating like revenue and becoming customers and spreading the word that like I, i don't know it's maybe it's maybe it's fine yeah do you have in your head a rough split and willing to share like how many of your customers come through like self sign up channels versus through sales right now? It's almost all self sign up. We do have some larger customers going through sales and like we've like we've closed six figure deals um, via like the enterprise sales channel um, a handful um, and there are more in the pipeline that will probably happen as well, but it's not a huge chunk of revenue it's probably. 10 percent or 15 percent something like Hmm. that interesting it's compelling enough to kind of have that like you have that role filled right now someone someone who's kind of dedicated to having those sales conversations when they come in right but but you're not doing like outbound sales at the moment and yep okay got it that feels about right to me that we could maybe build like an enterprise sales organization i guess but every time I get a cold email, I'm like, oh, man, let's never do this. I know there are more savvy ways to do this. But I'm kind of happy with it, how it is it's like in terms of a percentage of revenue. It's worth having someone work on because it's enough of that. And some of the companies are like good customers to have because they're well-known and kind of famous. Um, and that's kind of nice. I'm kind of in the base camp <laughs> camp uh, where having lots of smaller customers is less stressful. Having a couple of really big ones, like, is kind of, I mean, it's nice to land them, but then you're like, oh man, if we make them, if they cancel or they got upset or whatever, like, just, it just adds more stress when you screw up in their, in their world. Uh, so it's not quite ideal to, to me from that, from like a lifestyle perspective. Right. They just kind of implicitly have more power because if they were to leave, it would like potentially register on the dial of like, of the company progress overall you know so. yeah and like when they report issues you're like oh no i hope we don't make x company mad so when their users have issues it, it like feels more stressful to me and it's i guess some of this is just like controlling my own psychology but it's but i, I think there is a, a fair point about like just sort of the resiliency of the business spreading out that revenue across a lot of companies i think is actually kind of kind of great a little, a little safer yeah that's what I'm enjoying that about my distribution of like revenue versus number of customers. I know that it can work against you because it can be hard to to find, you know, more customers each paying $12 per user. Like that can be a tough road, but also like it's seeming to work okay right now. And I feel pretty good about the fact that like if I have, you know, a handful of customers churn, it's not really gonna, it's not really gonna like 
impact the overall baseline MRR that much, you know? Yep. So mm -hmm. yeah. that's a nice place to be. Mm -hmm. Although if you're charging them annually, you wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. Just saying, if I were your chief revenue officer. I mean, that's probably on the, on the list of things to experiment with is like, once I have a better idea of what cohort churn looks like, you know, and like at the point at which people are most likely to stick around. Cause right now I've had like basically zero churn. I think maybe a total of two customers have churned. So too early to tell, but I think there will be an optimal point where like, all right, people are in it for the long haul, whether it's like one month or two months or whatever that point is, then pitch them on annual. I think that's probably what I'll do once I have more data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got an iPhone mini by the way. Did you? Oh, mm -hmm. nice. Is that the one that's like, it's like the original iPhone size or like? Yeah, it's like iPhone 5 size, yeah. I think. It's cool. It feels a lot nicer in my pocket. It's like nicely smaller. I haven't used it enough to know if like the screen is going to feel too small. I think I didn't think about is that it makes the keyboard smaller. So it's harder to type accurately on it. So we'll see if I, how I feel about it after a few more days. But so far, the form factor feels, it feels nice to have a small phone again, smaller phone. Yeah. It's so funny how the the kind of fads have changed on phones like they started small then they got really big and then they've kind of pulled back a little bit and like i think a lot of people have this nostalgic feeling about the about that generation of phone and like apple was smart to like recognize that and make make a version that was that size so it's pretty mm -hmm. interesting i like the feel in the pocket so far i could say that but you have a case on it or no case never case i'm a never caser you're a never caser oh wow. yeah they work so hard to make these phones so small. No, I know. And then you're going to put like wrap a stupid case around it. <laughs> I'm with you in theory on that one. But yeah. Have you tried not dropping your phone? <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so do you, you don't on the regular walk around with a cracked screen on your phone then? No, I've cracked one screen. I've had like seven or eight iPhones, I think. I don't know why everyone drops it, but I don't seem to. But I just I just don't seem to drop it. So and I yeah. So. I envy that. I, I want to do that. But I also have I have a case on mine that holds my vital cards in the back, which is which means I don't need a wallet anymore. And that that's a big um, that's that kind of cool. life changer. Yeah. They have those new magnetic cases that you can like. Have you seen this? Or like little no, I don't think so. card holder. So the new iPhones have like a magnetic back and you can like get like a little card holder that like attaches to the back magnetically. Which I was like, that's the first time I was like, okay, maybe I do want that. That seems kind of cool. I don't know. I'm old enough to remember when like magnets next to computers was such a scary thing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's okay. It's all right now. It's okay now. Figure it out. Yep. But yeah. Plus hmm. these, uh, these new chips, speaking of Apple. Yeah. Have you seen these benchmarks for the M1? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been like obsessing over them, but I've seen some things fly by in my, in my news feeds and it looks pretty impressive. It looks ridiculous. It's like a kind of crazy feat of engineering. It made me uh, much more bullish on Apple in general. The fact that they've, they've managed this like huge technical feat that's like going to be, I think, a pretty enduring competitive advantage. I'm excited to like get one of these machines and see what that feels like. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm probably due for an upgrade at pretty soon now. So I'm. Uh, I mean, that's somewhat a man in the one comma club should. Yeah, be I know, right? God, he computer. needs to have good hardware. Absolutely. <laughs> Got to get those compile times down. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I got to run NPM install and all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah. only the best. Uh, anything that. else going on with you business-wise? Um, I think that's most of it. Yeah, just kind of um, 
uh, I think I'm going to work on team stuff next week. So I'll have should have more to report on that next time we cool. record. I'm being a little tight-lipped about some things that I do want to talk about in the future. So, you know, we'll more more details to share in, in the later, perhaps. But for now, you know, we'll see. Last thing I have is uh, SpaceX is la- doing a launch this weekend. They're launching more humans into space. More humans. Wow. More humans. Yeah, second time. So nice. Saturday. Uh, I guess the... Uh, by the time anyone hears this, it'll be SpaceX <laughs> launched humans into space last week. Last week, so, last Saturday. This is exactly why we're not a news show. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, so you and I should watch this tomorrow because it's going to be cool. Nice. Yeah. Exciting. And I hope everyone else watched it in the past and mm-hmm. everything went great. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. Cool. All right. Uh, notes of the show. Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.